Welcome to the She Is Podcast. Listen in as your host, Nola, sits down with women from all walks of life to chat about life, goals, and God. We talk about everything from relationships to side hustles and all the stuff in between. This is a safe space for like-minded women who are trying to navigate through life with God. Life is a learning curve. Why not do it together? Now, here's your host. And we're back. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. I am so excited to announce my second guest. It's none other than Susie Ella. Susie Ella is a writer, author, and speaker. She has written 10 books and sold multiple articles to various publications in the world. She's a writer for Proverbs 31 Ministries and one of the moderators at Compel Training. Compel Training is a writer's training program from Lisa Turkhurst and Proverbs 31 Ministries. It's amazing, you guys. If you've never heard of it and you're an inspiring writer, even if you're a business owner, I think writing is such an integral skill that everyone needs in their life. I would encourage you to check it out. It changed my whole writing world. Susie is such an encourager, you guys. My chat with her went far deeper than I anticipated. She dropped truths and small nuggets of inspiration that I'm sure will encourage you today. Her journey is unique, from getting diagnosed with cancer to leaving her engineering job to becoming a full-time writer. It's been a whirlwind for her, but her, her story is going to inspire you today. If you have ever thought to yourself, what do I have to offer? This episode is going to encourage you to dig deeper within yourself and to find what God has placed in your life, in and outside around you, that you can use in your writing, that you can use in your growing, in your industry, whatever it is that you're searching for. I am sure you can take something away from this episode. Are you ready? Here's the episode. Just tell us, who is Susie Ella? (laughs) I'm a mama and a grandma of six littles. And I am a woman who was rescued by Jesus. And that translated later into being able to talk about him and how good he is. And so just an ordinary woman who loves her family, who loves God, and gets to write about the amazing love of God. Yeah. That's amazing. So I was looking at your bio, and you've written 10 books. I have. So how did you first know that you wanted to write? You know, I have always loved writing. Always. Even from a young girl in a crazy, chaotic home that I lived in, I loved words. And that's where I found my sanctuary. But um, what that translated into as a young adult is I wrote proposals and worked for a civil engineering firm because, you know, there's a paycheck involved in that. And when I was 31 years old, I found out that I had stage three breast cancer. And the results of that were not really great. I was told that I had a certain percentage of living five years. Well, when that five years came and went, I thought, 
okay, I've been given this second chance. I'm not going to write another word about what wastewater treatment plants. Like I'm going to write about things that I care about. Yeah. So it took a little while. It took a couple of years, but I stepped away from the corporate world and I stepped into the shaky, scary, uncertain <laughs> world of freelancing and writing about what I love. Oh, that's amazing. So when you were working, had you studied writing or I did you just fall into I mean, it? Well, again, I've loved words since I was little and I've loved yeah. reading. I mean, always, always still do. While I didn't have formal training, I think with any passion, that's where you lean towards. So I had yeah. I had read and I had studied when I began to step into the world of like now it's not just writing for fun or writing about things I don't care about. I went to my first writer's conference and then I started picking up books at the library. I started attending a local writer's group and really immersed myself because writing is as much as we want it to be just this love and passion of words, there's yeah. a business side to it too. Yeah. And I needed to learn that. So I immersed myself in that and just began to learn. So when you started really getting intentional about your yes. writing, where, where did it take you? So where did you start? Oh, I started by going to a writer's conference. And yeah. honestly, I remember looking at that room and thinking, okay, there's two groups of people here. There's all of these agents and editors and authors yeah. and publishers. And then there's me, the wannabe writer. Like yeah. I know nothing. <laughs> and it was intimidating. What I realized now years later, and especially as someone who mentors writers, is that we all start somewhere. We just yeah. do. And I was a writer, but I was at the beginning of my writing career and, yeah. and my writing adventure. And so I started learning, like I said, through that writer's conference, I began to learn about rights and how to submit and how to choose a publisher. So you were just talking about you learn how to submit. So how exactly is there like a brief of what you do to submit um, an article to a magazine. Sure. sure. Yeah. Well, the first thing is we need to study the market. We need to know what that magazine is about. We need to know what the tone of it is, the language of it is, um, who their audience is. If I flip open a magazine and there are advertisements in there for denture cream and, you know, retirement plans, I know that's a very different market than if I flip it open and it's for organic baby food and, you know, diapers. And so I study that with any market, there's a market guide and those are all over the world and those are for different markets and there's a lot of different ones. There's the Writer's Market Guide that is for the general markets. There's the Christian Writer Market Guide that are for Christian markets. And in there, I can read and see this is what we're looking for. And this is how much we pay. These are the rights that we receive. And after I study that market, then I write a query, which is a one-page letter that mm -hmm. says, here's my idea. Here's the value that it will bring to your reader. And this is the expertise that I bring to write this article. I, I want to say something really quick. That last little 
paragraph that I talked about, that can scare yep. away people who say, but I've never written. But again, we all start at the beginning, right? And yeah. so one of my articles that I wrote that sold over and over again in the beginning was a, an article called How to Have a Good Fight with Your Teenager. Well, I was a parent of three teenagers. I, at that time, was a youth leader for hundreds of teens. And so while I didn't have any writing credentials to bring, I had some street cred because I had three teenagers in my house, you know? And so we bring our expertise where we find it. Yeah. You talked about like bringing your expertise. Let's say for me, I yeah. wouldn't have <laughs> those kind of expertise. So what, what else could I probably bring to the table you know, in that scenario? So right now you're doing a podcast. So yeah. right now I know you have expertise in communication I know that you have expertise in finding information and informing others in podcasting. I just met you a couple of minutes ago, and I have a feeling if we sat down and talked, or if I talked to your friends, they would say, I always go to her to ask this, or I always go to her because she makes me feel better about this. There's something in all of us that is either a passion or it's a place where we've overcome something, till we've learned something, and we're stronger yeah. because of it. It's a little bit of soul searching to say, first of all, what lights me up? And secondly, what am I running after? What is it something that I'd love to talk about, not just today, but a year from now? And what do others come to me for? Right there, there are some of your expertise. And if it's something that lights yes. you up, you know, that's an area of expertise that you can share with others. Because believe me, for somebody like yeah. me, who I'm creative with words, but I am not creative with anything else. So you're right. Yeah, there's always something in us that you can use in your writing and you can use really yes. to set yourself apart from everyone else. When you're Absolutely. Writing. And yeah. that's so fun to discover. I love yeah. nothing more than sitting with someone who looks at me and says, I have nothing to offer Susie. And then oh, five wow. minutes later as we're talking and she's like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I have this to offer and I have this to offer and I have yeah. this to offer. We all have something to offer. And that's so true. And I, and I think when you're first starting out, there's always this like feeling of I'm a fraud. I'm not a real writer. Mm, I'm not yeah. this. And you sort of hold yourself back. But I love yeah. everything you're saying. And so when you first started submitting, how long did it take for someone to actually come back to you and say, okay, we love what you're doing? You know, it's a slow world, this publishing world. So yeah. with my freelancing, which is writing for, for magazine markets, I would say that it took a matter of months. And the reason it does is when you submit a query, an editor is always working minimum of six months ahead, usually up to 18 months ahead. Oh, and wow. so when I submitted my queries and was learning how to do that, I got pretty ambitious. I decided that after I learned how to write a really solid query, that I was going to submit one a day. Now, this is crazy. Oh, but the wow. thing is, I wasn't, I wasn't investing in writing the whole article. I just had this whole flurry of ideas. So I thought I'm going to submit one a day. And to your listeners, I'm going to say that's nuts and that's crazy. And it's okay <laughs> for you to say she's nuts because I was. 
So it might be for you one a week or one a month. But so I started getting responses back. My first article that I was paid for, and I think it was like $10 maybe, I received in a matter of months. And then my first book contract, I actually published with a traditional publisher through an agent about two years after I started. Oh, wow. That was pretty quick, but I was also, I had just come off of five years of not knowing if I was going to live or not. And I had this opportunity to run after my dream and I just wanted to. So by the time you started writing, you, you had gone into remission? Yes, I had gone into remission, semi, 10 years is actually remission, but it had been five years. And so I was in a place to where there was no signs of cancer and having had stage three, that was, that was really such a gift. And I know that, but my kids were in high school and I just thought, you know, they're getting older. I'm going to try this and uh, see what happens. So, yeah. And, and here I am for it later. Yeah. How did you get into writing for Proverbs 31 Ministries? Well, honestly, all I wanted to do was to talk about the goodness of God and how we could live free. That ended up being articles and books. But then I started getting requests to speak. And I had taught in my home church. And I'm a bit of an introvert. I've transitioned later in life to more, more extrovert. But I was absolutely an introvert then. And these invitations started coming and I thought, oh man, these people are messed up. They they (laughs) have somebody else who they're super excited about this. And yet these doors had opened. So I stepped through just my heart hammering, uh, afraid, but believing that if I did it afraid, God would meet me there. And so I started speaking And there was a couple of the women who were on the Proverbs 31 team. It was much smaller than this has been like 13 years ago. And they heard me speak at an event and I was speaking about healing and overcoming a painful past. And that was an area on their speaking team that they really wanted someone to fill And so they asked me if I would consider volunteering. Now, this is the crazy part of this story is Proverbs is in North Carolina, halfway Mm -hmm. across the United States. I was in at that time in Oklahoma and I had been asking God, please, Lord, help me not fly solo anymore. It's lonely to fly solo. I need someone to teach me. I need someone to walk with me through this. But when this invitation came, I actually told them no, because it was all the logistics seemed like it just didn't work. And so they asked me to come to a conference to volunteer for a week conference. And when I walked through the door, I realized what a terrible mistake I had made by saying no, because here, right here was the answer to my prayer. And Uh, I had full in the face of God and full in the face of these women and said, sorry, So I went to them and said, listen, I don't expect for you to issue this invitation again, but I want to say I'm sorry because this is something I've actually been asking God for. And it just seemed like 
logistically it wasn't going to work. And isn't this funny how we do God? Yeah. We ask him for something. He gives it to us. And and then we're like, no, sorry, no. And I just, I I just really want to apologize for that because this is really exactly what I needed. And the woman I'll never forget as she looked at me and she said, Susie, someone said to me, Susie Eller prays and she listens to God. And at some point, she's going to come back and realize that she wants to be a part of this. And I was so, what a gracious answer. So I became at that point a part of the team 13 years ago. And I came on as a speaker and then also to help them write devotions, the devotions that go out for encouragement for today. And then here, 13 years later, I am not on the speaking team anymore. I pulled myself off to do more writing. And and I do a lot of writing, a lot of content and training with Compel and with Proverbs. Yeah, and that's where I first saw you. So that's yeah. amazing. And that story yeah. is actually really good. You're yeah. right. Most of the times, I think God just pushes us to do something and we pray for it. And then when yeah. it comes, we like, Fall back, like, oh, that's too hard, Lord. I'm sorry, yeah, this is too much, (laughs) (laughs) too many logistics. And I'm just thinking, you know, I asked this, and here he gave, he was trying to give me the desire of my heart. And so, that was a real lesson for me is that if I ask the Lord for something specifically. Um, to help me in this calling that he's placed on my life. For yeah. me, when something comes my way, to not look at the the barriers or how hard it's going to be, but to look for God in it and say, if this is you, if you've brought this my way, yeah. even if it feels really big, um, then I'm going to step into it and trust that there's something in here for me and that I can give back to you. Yes, I love that. So I'm going to take you back a bit. You said you were an introvert before. Uh-huh. And I can totally relate to that. <laughs> I yes. think most, that's probably why most introverts just end up going to writing because it's, you know, <laughs> it's behind the scenes and you're just sort of able to just share your feelings, everything on yes. your heart. Yes. So how did you sort of transition from, you know, just writing to then speaking in front of people? Yeah. You know, what well, advice would you give them? I would call myself a learned extrovert. Mm -hmm. And so every time that we take a step out of our comfort zone, because we feel like the Lord is pulling us out of our comfort zone, I think that introvert part of us becomes our superpower. And this is what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. I never get up on stage and think, I've got this. I never get up on stage and it's just so comfortable that I feel like I've got all the answers. I literally get up on that stage and think, Lord, look at this opportunity you've given me to talk about how amazing you are. And I trust that you're going to meet me there. I'm going to pray and I'm going to prepare. But I'm also, because of the way you wired me, I have to trust that you can use an introvert to do your work. And so over the years, every time that I trusted him and he met me there, I became a learned extrovert. I I learned that God could use me exactly as I was, but that he could extend that and use it in powerful ways that were beyond me. That, you know, in the natural, I'm an introvert. 
in the supernatural because of him, I can do all things through Christ. Oh, I love that. That's really good. And so when you started doing your writing, your speaking, when did the other books sort of fall into place? Well, the books started coming early and, and honestly, almost too early. My first two books, like, it's not that I'm not proud of them, but I so wanted to write a book that I was willing to write about, you know, somebody came to me, to my agent and said, hey, she's really, she's in those teen years and um, with her teens and she's working with teens. Can she write a couple of books, one for teens, one for parents of teens? And, you know, honestly, I'm not sad that I wrote those books, but when they went out of print, I wasn't sad that they went to book heaven. It was kind of like awesome. Those are off the shelf because my passion in writing and talking about Jesus is number one, that he's a healer. And number two, that when he heals us, then we can come and walk along other side women as they find healing. And that I can talk about for years and years and years. And when I began to step into that and write about that, and that would have been book number four. (laughs) So I've written 10 books, but the last six are where I feel like that I got to step into who I was. The very first book that I wrote that, was the hardest book I've ever written was called The Mom I Want to Be, Rising Above Your Past to Give Your Children a Greater Future. And it's a a book where I shared my story of growing up in a abusive, fractured, chaotic home Mm -hmm. and holding my child for the first time and thinking, I want all the crud that all the women in my life have ever went through to stop right here. I don't want this little one to have that legacy. And so when I got to sit down and write from the passion pit of what God had done for me and what he had taught me and was still teaching me, that is when I believe I truly became an author. I had four books before then and they're, they're okay. They're okay books and, and they're good books. There's, there's good in them. And so that's the difference. So when I have a writer say to me, hey, I, you know, I just want to write a book. And I'll ask her, okay, is this a book? Is this a blog post or is this an article? If it's a blog post, it's a right now. And it's something you you got to get off your chest and you're talking about. If it's an article, it can be right now. It can be two years from now. And it's something you have passion for. But if it's a book, this is something that you wanted to talk about a year ago and you'll be passionate talking about it two, three, four, five years from now. And that's when you know the difference between whether this is a book, a blog post, or an article. article. Wow, that's really good. So when, when you first started, how did you actually get a publisher? Did you go by yourself a, or you got an agent? For my freelancing, I, I did that myself. For my books, I met a reputable agent at a reputable, and I'm saying these because if an agent reaches out to you and says, hey, pay me some money and I'll publish your book, then run the other direction. But I met an agent who had been working in CBA for a long time at a writer's conference and sat across from her and shared some of my ideas and my passion. 
And she ended up picking me up. Now, this is the funny thing. At that point in time, I actually wanted to write fiction. And I wanted to talk about in all my articles about what I told you about, about healing and God's. And she kind of steered me into writing about that Um, in book form. That was my first agent. And she, she was great. She sold my first, I think, three to four books. That's how I got started. It's a little harder today. When I sat down with her 19 years ago, um, social media wasn't a thing. It just wasn't. And so what they were looking for then was someone who had a, a powerful writing voice and somebody who had a unique idea. Today, unfortunately... They've thrown in that third, which is the platform. The platform, yeah. And and so it's the powerful writing voice, the unique idea, and the platform. But still yet, even though the platform carries weight, those other two carry more weight. More, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The the platform is really a thing. Now I remember reading the platform book by Michael Hyatt. And Mm -hmm. I was like a little intimidated because I'm like, so now I have to get all of this yeah, <laughs> and work yeah. on the writing. But yeah. yeah, but you know, this is the way I look at that because I think sometimes we have to shift things in our mind. And, and mm-hmm. so I begin to pray about, you know, that platform. And I thought about the story where Jesus was talking to a massive crowd on a mountainside and they couldn't see him. So he asked Peter to take a boat and push it out into the water so that he could stand in the boat so that people could see and hear him. I look at that now and I think that's what a platform is. God has put this passion in your heart to write something or, or there's an experience that you've gone through. And so your platform is not about you. It's literally going out deeper and wider so that a wider audience can actually hear that audience that is looking for that very message so that they can find the answers, not find you necessarily, but yeah. find the, the message that God has placed on your heart. Oh, wow. That's, I love that perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and so when you were coming up with your ideas for the books or your articles, How did you go about doing that? Did you just come naturally? You know, you said you used to um, Mm -hmm. look through the market first. So was that mainly Yeah, well, looking through the market was for magazine articles. Yeah. And so I just turned in a proposal for my 11th book. And I knew I had an idea about something I really wanted to write about, which was joy. But joy is a huge topic. I mean, that's huge. I can't write about just joy. But what I really wanted to write about, and I kept brainstorming and asking questions of myself. I have this whiteboard in my office that I just write all over. I began to ask questions about joy that were pressing on my heart or pressing on the heart of other people I knew. And here was a few of those questions. One question is, do I have to be happy all the time to have joy? Because nobody's happy all the time, right? Yeah. Is it possible to have joy 
in some of the hardest places of our life and what does that look like? And so I'm just brainstorming. I'm just writing those. And eventually I came down to this one kind of little camera angle of the topic of joy. And that is joy is more than a feeling. Joy is actually a knowing, you know, because certainly we feel joy, but sometimes we don't feel joy at all. But if we know who we are and we know the truths about God's word and we know where to turn and we know that God can bring good out of bad, all these knowings, that is where grounded joy is found. And so it really is. It's honing in on that camera angle of your idea that is unique to you. And there you can share your stories of those times where Though the world was going up and down and your feelings were up and down, still yet there was joy to be found and what that looks like. And so I don't know what your topic would be or your listener's topic would be, but bring it from broad and begin to narrow it until you find that part of it that just fires you up and that you've lived and you've walked and let that become your message. For people who feeling like they have a calling to write but they have absolutely no idea where to start Um, they're not writers they haven't written before what advice would you give them well I I would say that there's kind of a pie um, when it comes to writing and writing is part of it for certain you need to have writing skills and a writing passion there's also the business of writing and so Whether that's getting together with a writer's group in your area, whether that's connecting with training, um, there's all kinds of training that's available online all over the world. Um, Don't get training that's going to drain you of every last dollar. Find training that is affordable and reputable and that offers you consistent, fresh material and start, start to learn. You know, if if I wanted to be a plumber tomorrow, if I wanted to be a lawyer tomorrow, there's a learning curve there. And so with any career ministry, anything that you're pursuing, just know that there's going to be a learning curve. Don't let that deter you, but pull or place yourself in the midst of others who are doing it and doing it well and start to take those steps. So did you face any challenges or any roadblocks like when you started out? (laughs) Anything that sort of made you wish, oh, maybe I should just go back to my old job? (laughs) I think the biggest challenge was not getting paid every Friday, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Getting a paycheck every Friday. I was used to getting affirmation in my old job. You know, Suze, you're doing a great job. Um, A writer's life can be pretty isolated. It takes time. It's tenacious. It's staying with it. It is continuing to hone in on what you love. It's continuing to submit your work, to go to writer's conferences, to meet with agents and editors and publishers. But at some point, it became what I did. And I couldn't tell you the exact time that that happened, but I think that if I had given up at any point and just said, this is too hard, because it is hard. It is hard. It's still hard today, 20 years later. (laughs) I still never know when I'm going to get paid. You know, I get paid a (laughs) lot more than I did way back then, 
but I still yet to this day, you know, because when you sign a book contract, you get an advance and then that advance holds you while you write the book. And then the book comes out a year and a half later. And then everything, those books have to sell to pay back that advance. So you may get this one giant paycheck and then three years later, you still don't have a paycheck. Oh, so that's you writing another book um, or you're speaking or you're doing something else. Yeah, so I, I never, ever, ever, I can't tell you from year to year, I'm going to make X amount of dollars. What I can tell you is that I have come to the place to where this does sustain me. And yet it's up and down. It's up and down. I never know. So that's a hard part. I mean, that is a very realistic hard part of being a freelance writer that writes books and articles and speaks. Yeah. 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 And I love that you mentioned that it takes a while for, you know, you to actually see something from your books. So like what's realistic timeline for the moment you submit your proposal, accepting and actually having, you know, your book in stores. I, I'm going to give you a general idea of that because it can vary. For example, I had two books come out last year. I had one come out in May and one come out in October. And so the book that came out in October took nine months to write. It was a full year devotional. So it was, it was a pretty comprehensive book, but it took nine months to write. It probably took four months to write the proposal, get the, get the contract. And that can be anywhere from four months to a year or longer. And then it came out nine months after that, you know, that's a pretty long process. And then it has to sell. You receive royalty statements once or twice a year, depending upon the publisher. My publishers send twice a year. Mm-hmm. And usually for most writers, what your books are selling or making are going to pay back the advance that you got oh. two years ago. <laughs> and so, and that's why when you finish writing this book and, and you nurture it and you get it out there, then you turn around and you start writing your next book. Oh, oh yeah. So that's yeah. actually like pretty intense timeline. It is <laughs> usually think well, it, yeah. It's usually six months as far as a writing deadline is usually six months. That nine months was my first one to ever have that long. I normally have six months to write a book. How, how did you sort of manage your time? Because you're a mom, a wife, you have work, you're speaking, you're yeah. freelancing. So how do you manage the time during those, you know, the deadline of six months to write okay. the book? So again, it, you know, <laughs> if you were talking to a different author, you might get a different answer. Yeah, yeah. As I shared with you, I just turned in a proposal. I don't know if this book is going to be picked up or not, but I believe in my heart that it will be. So when I turned it into my agent who turned it into the publisher, I turned it in with a proposal and two chapters. So I have my two chapters written. My proposal has a chapter by chapter synopsis in there. So I know what I'm going to write. I immediately turn around and I start writing, even though I don't have a contract. 
So let's say a month from now or two months from now, they come back and say, okay, Susie, you have a contract, you have six months. Hopefully I'll have four chapters written there and an average book is 10 chapters. Mm -hmm. And so that gives me a chapter a month that's left to write during those six months. And I try to write, I try to sit down five days a week for at least four hours a day and work on just that. And that means the internet is turned off. That means that I'm not looking at Facebook or answering email. And then when that four hours is up, I stop and I do my other work that is due and I check my email and I do those things. But that works for me because I'm giving a certain amount of time every day to this book. Now, to the mama who has little ones at home, she's not going to be able to do that. My friend named Holly Girth, who is a best-selling yeah. author, when she was first writing her first book, she was doing her doctorate and or wow. she was in, she was in school university, and then she was also working full-time, she wrote her book 15 minutes a day. That's the time that she had. And so she would sit down for 15 minutes a day and turn everything off and say, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to write as many words as I can. And she wrote her first two or three books that way. Oh, so I think it's just really taking stock of your life and the time that you actually yes. have and then just setting a specific yeah. time apart to write. Yeah. And knowing yeah. that a book is going to be around 60,000 words. And yeah. so you take that. 60, That's a lot of words. words. It is. And, and you say to yourself, I need this many good words per month. And this yeah. is what that looks like for in my life. And and you have a little bit of flexibility um, with your agent or with the publisher in the beginning to say, you know, six months. I, I'm not sure I can do it in six months. Would eight work? But to be up front, you know, I would much rather be up front with an agent and say, you know, I have three little kids at home and yeah. I'm yeah. going to dedicate myself to this. But I think if I try to do it in six months, it's not going to be a very good project. Could we do eight? Rather than at the end of it saying, oh, I told you six, but hey, here we are in month six and I don't have it. What what writing advice or tips or courses or groups would you sort of advise or suggest for them to check out or join um, as they start the writing journey? You know, I'm a mentor with Compel Training, and, I'll, yeah. and so I'm absolutely going to share that. CompelTraining.com is um, under the umbrella of Proverbs 31 Ministries. There's two things I love about this. One is being on the inside of it as a mentor. I get to see the heart of the writers, myself included, that are creating the material and doing this. And I know that we love nothing more than watching a writer step into her calling, but number two, we decided at the very beginning, because we're a nonprofit, to make this as inexpensive. And so to go to one writer's conference can cost so much. I mean, so, so much. So we tried to make this so affordable, like it's going and getting pizza one night a month. And yet it's training that goes on day after day after year after year. And we also have the element of community in there. 
Oh, and because we're a nonprofit too, the profit doesn't come to us. The profit turns around and goes back into ministry. So it's a way that we support the ministry and that's exciting. But there's all kinds of, if you just Google Christian writing retreats or Christian writing online courses, there's some really great ones out there. Uh, Just my tip is number one, that it shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. It shouldn't be so pricey that you can't afford it. Second, I would say that if you can get with any kind of local writing group that are writers in your area, and you'd be shocked at how many there are in your area, no matter where you live, there is somebody who shares that passion. And if you can just connect with even two or three other writers who are pursuing the same thing, there is a lot of growth and encouragement that can come from that. Thank you for sharing with us, Susie. But before before we go, can you just tell us just a little bit about your ministry, um, Living Free, and just what that's all about? Yeah. Sure. I would stand on a street corner and I would tell the whole world that because of Jesus, we can live free no matter where we've come from or what the enemy has done or the damage and the baggage that we bring that God can set us free and make us whole. So living free together is a community of women who are not just living free, but want to walk with other women who desire to live free. So I have the blog, which is just SuzanneEller.com. And then I'm on Instagram and uh, YouTube and Facebook. So I'd love to connect with those who listen to you, who love you, and become a friend as well. So we're just going to go into the last round, the light okay. round of questions. Just okay. quick questions. All right. Just the first thing that comes into your head. All right. So the first question, what do you do when you're not writing or po- podcasting or creating content? I'm either kayaking, cooking, or hiking. I read on your website you, you love to cook. I do. You're a good cook. And I love to cook for big groups of people. I love oh. I love finding food that is locally grown and being able to make something good out of that. So am I good at cooking? I don't know. Do I love it? <laughs> you should come visit Australia anyway and just cook for us. <laughs> I would love that. Yes. Okay. How long have you been married? 39 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it 39 this year? 39. Well, it will actually, in November, will be 40 years with oh, this. Oh, that's nice. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I was a young, young bride and mm-hmm. um, super excited. I'm getting married this year, so it's like I'm just Yay. 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 Well, I was, I was empty nest at 41 years old. My children were all in college by the time they turned 41. So started young at 20 years old. Um, But again, I was on my own really early um, because of my chaotic home and just met this really cool guy that I loved a lot. And I still do. I I like him. (laughs) You like him a lot. I love that. I do. (laughs) Okay. So do you like cats or dogs or you're not into pets? I, I like cats and I like dogs, but I don't have either because we just <laughs> were gone too much. And I think if you have a cat or a dog, you should take care of them really yeah, well. Yeah, true, true, I don't true. Have true. And lastly, your big your biggest inspiration is other women. 
like right now you're inspiring me like crazy and (laughs) just getting to talk to you and seeing you run after your dream there's nothing that inspires me more than other women um my sisters in christ so yeah Thank you so much for joining us for this interview all the way from, how do you pronounce your state? (laughs) Well, I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. No, every time I see Arkansas written, it always looks like Arkansas. (laughs) It it does. It does. It's a beautiful place. It's lovely and there's lots of fun food and also kayaking and nature and and shopping. So it's got everything. It's a beautiful place. Maybe one day I'll visit. Three really that sounds good. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Really good. Hey guys, thank you for joining in on the conversation. If you'd like to connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Nola Mutogo. If you loved the show and you'd like to hear more from us, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode on iTunes.